Hello everybody, this is Lindsay with Tea Time with Linz. Once again, as always, because I'm always going to shout them out, Poe the Passenger, thank you so much for the intro music, thank you! Their um, video is out, I think I may have mentioned that last time, it's the tits, it's so good. Go check it out, it's called Heartstrings, really fantastic. Today's guest we have Charlie Clapham, uh, best known for Freddie Roscoe on Hollyoaks. Before we get to Charlie, thanks Charlie for being on the show. I'm just going to read out the last few tweets that I had from my question that was for anybody who is just starting out in acting or has taken a long break from acting, what advice would you give? I put this out on Twitter, so these are tweets from people, so thank you so much for these. This one is from AMA Theatre Company, at AMA underscore theatre. Remember, you are the artist creating visual performing art. Being an actor is not about you getting the part, it's about who you are. So thank you, AMA Theatre. Got one from Ryan Noel at rascally underscore Ryan. Uh, he says that Jenna Fisher from The Office, if you haven't seen The American Office, it's so fucking good, it's like the best show. Uh, Jenna Fisher, who plays Pam, has a great book on the topic, The Actor's Life, A Survival Guide. It's from the perspective of a US actor rather than the UK but there's plenty of solid advice in there. And you know what? Thanks, Ryan, because I'm probably going to buy that book now, because love her. Next one is from Maria Lowe at Maria underscore Lowe 247. The confidence to believe that you'll get where you want to be. Yeah, that's true. So anyway, back to the show. So like I said, this week's guest is best known for his role in Hollyoaks, Freddie Roscoe, like I said previously. It's Charlie Clapham. Charlie started performing at a very young age, attended Sylvia Young Theatre School in London and performed at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival before landing the role of Freddie Roscoe on Hollyoaks, where he spent the next five years working. Charlie moved to LA after leaving the show and has had many successes here and has also recently been, in the past couple of years, been writing pilots as well as producing a short film called Velvet that you can actually see on Amazon Prime and it's doing the festival circuit right now and is doing very very well so you can hear all about Charlie's adventure in the interview so all right on with the show so you got into acting what at 16? Yes well I, I had my first agent my first job when I was about seven or eight years old oh wow yeah so we were I, I was putting on little shows in front of the tv uh, <laughs> family from a young age and by the time it came around to like, I'd probably say seven or eight years old, um, I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't too interested in going to football practice or cricket practice at school. I was more interested in going to drama classes, singing classes, da dancing classes, anything like that. Um, and uh, and then yeah, and then somebody told me about Pineapple Dance Studios in uh, in London. Mm -hmm. and they said how they had this, this amazing Sunday class where you could go down and you could do singing, dancing, acting all day. They even had an agency that they'd send their kids out um, for auditions. And so that was like, as a kid, I was like, wow, that, that sounds incredible. Yeah. So yeah, I ended up going there and, um, and then that led me, eventually I, I started going to Sylvia Young's Theatre School full time on a, on, on a recommendation of a few people. And to be honest, whilst I was there, that is, you know, when people think of the, the theatre school bratty kid and mm -hmm. stuff and uh, everything that goes with it, that, that it, you know, that's a very real world with a lot of pressure. And, you know, I, I was in a class with, with some ready-made superstars, like just in my class alone, there was like Rita Ora, who, oh, you know, who blew up, she, she, she blew up, you know, when she was still a teenager, really, 18, 19. I didn't know she went to Sylvia Young. Oh, okay. Yeah, I know, yeah, there's a lot of, a lot of people, like Mark, Mark Wright went to Sylvia Young's, you know, at, at some point, you know, there's like yeah. a, a whole world of people that have come from, um, you know, Italia Conte, Sylvia Young's, all, that, all those kinds of places. And I, I actually left Sylvia's not wanting to, to pursue acting or anything to do with the theatre. Oh, really? Because it had been so, you know, kind of drilled into us from this early age of this pressure and this, you know, the jazz hands 24 seven. <laughs> I, was, I was like, you know what? I, I kind of want to go and do something 
else. And then it's only when I went to normal school and <laughs> like an actual college that I was like, oh no, I'll go, I'll go into acting again. <laughs> yeah. So it was like, uh, it, yeah, it was, uh, but, but again, very, very privileged to be able to go to these places and yeah. experience these things and, you know, know what these child prodigies look like and know that know that I, I wanted to do things you know my own kind of way and, and beat my own path really well I think it's also good I remember I did go to Sylvia Young for like a hot second but just on the Saturday school and it yeah, was really cool. intense but I did love it like I'm so jealous that I couldn't get to carry on well it's like um, it was kind of like the Harry Potter uh, yeah. you know it was like all the kids for, for Harry Potter came from Sylvia's like when I watch Harry Potter all my classmates are in, in those shots oh my gosh uh, and whatnot so it's like it was that kind of very special magical thing like you weren't just going to school this was like this was almost as close to like a magic for that age as, as mm-hmm. possible and Italia Conti I do remember applying for there when I was 16 but I don't think I even went to the audition I don't think I could even afford to go to London to do it yeah. That was it was a there was a big uh, there was a big rivalry between the two I think so yeah, yeah. I mean I, I yeah always team team Sylvia's but um but, and that was a, another thing you know I lived in Leicester and my my mum was working full time she couldn't take me so from the ages of about ten or eleven I got the train from Leicester to London every day mm. in the morning to go to go in and you know do my how jazz. long was that train ride uh, about an hour and a half hour and 40 minutes oh my god you're a kid yeah i was knackered especially <laughs> going to go through uh, adolescence like that hit me like a ton of bricks you know i was like so tired all the time i was you know late on my homework um you know never never yeah it, it, it was it was it was tough but at that age it's like if you if there's an opportunity to go and do something like that you're like yeah definitely yeah it's so funny because I do, I remember I was so desperate as a teenager because I was doing like local theatre and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like I was desperate to go to Sylvia Young and do all that stuff. And I remember writing into Green Chill yeah. and asking to be put on the show. <laughs> and they were like, you need to, they wrote back and they were very nice. They were like, okay, well, this is how it works. You need to go through your agent. Blah, blah. And I was just like, what? You need to send in your headshots. I was like, what? I was like 12. And I was like, how do I do all this stuff? But it just, honestly, so when I went to Sylvia Young for that hot second, I was just like, oh my God, this is really what I want to do. It just seems so like, <sighs> like you're, like you're, what you were saying about watching all your friends like in Harry Potter and all that stuff it is, to me, Sylvia Young was Harry Potter at that age. Absolutely. Because it's so magical. And then you went off and did theatre in Edinburgh Fringe? Yeah, I was, uh, so yeah, I kind of, when I left Sylvia's, you know, I, I, I went for, I went, I went for, I did, I did one job, I think, uh, called, um, it was a drama called Coming Down the Mountain. And it was with Nicholas Holt, you know, who's, um, mm-hmm. you know, who's had an amazing career, having an amazing career. Uh, he, he went to Sylvia's as well. So I can't, you know, I, I saw him about there and uh, we did one job there. And from that, I ended up picking up a, a, like an uh a relatively small boutique agent uh, in North London, which worked great for the drive from Leicester. And I would drive down there and take classes. And there were, it was like a youth theatre group. So it was like 15, 16, 17, 18 years old. And they were putting on plays and they were, you know, sending their clients out for auditions. So I would do college in Leicester and then drive down there like once or twice a week, do, um, do some classes and rehearse for these plays. And then college in Leicester wasn't working out very good. I kind of had a meeting with all, well, I think all two of my teachers because I dropped in, dropped down to like two subjects in the end and, and everyone thought it was best that I go and pursue my dream of being an actor oh. than uh, kind of, you know, pretend that I wanted to go to university. So, um, so yes, yeah, so I, I went to this, this, uh, this kind of boutique acting class thing and they were like, oh, we're going to take a play up to the Edinburgh Fringe. So I was just immensely lucky, really, that the dropping class that I was doing had these huge ambitions to take a youth theatre company up to Edinburgh and 
we, we didn't advertise ourselves as a youth theatre company. It was just an adult theatre company, you know, mm-hmm. for the price of tickets. And we, we sold out every night. We, you know, have you have you been up to the uh, festival before? Oh yeah, it's magical oh, up there. Exactly, another another magical part at yeah. the end. Is uh, you know, you you getting up in the morning and you're ticket touting for your shows, you know, advertising. Then you do like your matinee performance. Then you go and sell some more tickets, and then you'll be on stage in the evening. And then usually in the bar, you know, all of us kind of underage drinking until <laughs> God knows what time in the morning. And then back on the next day and it was just like oh this is what I want to do yeah only in those moments you realize like god this takes everything and if I don't love it it's just not worth it at all but if you love it so much like you know I'd do anything for it I'd do anything for it yeah I feel like that is definitely I feel like that's where people when they start to quit it's because they see how hard it is and how much work you have to do for sometimes such a little outcome, but you just have to keep on going. If yeah. you love it so much, yeah. then something it, bigger, do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's, it, I always say to people, it's um, one of those industries, like doesn't matter how much you invest in it, you're not guaranteed anything back out. And Nothing. what you are, you know, like you said, you know, it could be a, a, sm- a relatively small outcome, but if that's that small outcome has been a dream for so long, you know, mm-hmm. for a lot of us, we're still doing our dream job that we're thinking yeah. about kids. Not a lot of people can stay there. So even the smallest um, kind of achievement to other people all the time, my friends back home are like, Oh, but yeah, but how does that, what does that mean? How much do you get paid for that? Oh, but I'm so like, yeah, but like, I made a film or I did this. <laughs> so, you know, it's like, it, it, you know, so you have to kind of just, as long as you know inside yourself why you're doing it and how much you enjoy doing it, then you have to follow that. You know, you can't go off anybody else's kind of validation. It that. is, it's definitely interesting. I have gone back home several times. And even before I moved to LA, people would just be like, oh, you're an actor. When are you going to get a real job? And it's that same bullshit question. And it's just, I just, I'm like, what's wrong with you? Like, what happened to you? to make you so sad and miserable people people get downbeaten and yeah. you know and life happens and um I, I and i think there's always that thing i think i find that to be a bit of an attitude in the uk especially where people want to see you do well but not too well you but know not too well we're, we're a big fan of the underdog you know <laughs> and it's like as soon as anybody might be going beyond where they were supposed to go or where they yeah. thought they were going to go. You know, it's that thing of like, oh, are you actually going to go and do that? Like, oh no. You know, I, I got that an awful lot, you know, after, um, I, you know, I'd done hundreds of episodes of TV with, with Hollyoaks and that was, you know, as successful as I could have ever dreamed of being in my early twenties, having no qualifications and earning money out of acting. Like it was a dream come true. But in my mind, I was like, you know what? I, I always wanted, I always wanted to, to move over to LA. I always wanted to move over to, to America. And when I got my green card, I was like, yeah, I'm doing it. But a lot of, pe- a lot of people around me at the time, you know, close friends that you know, I, I carried from school um, were kind of like, well, you're not actually gonna give up a job to move over there, are you? And um, I mean, in a lot of ways, it made me realize how fucking ridiculous it was. <laughs> To kind of to kind of do that, but at the same time, you know, I I kind of felt like, well, if I'm not going to do it now, when am I going to do it? So you were on Hollyoaks because you were on almost what 400 episodes of Hollyoaks. Yeah. Like when did you start that show? Like how old were you? Uh, twenty twenty one. My God, dream dreamboat. Yeah. Oh, I don't, I don't, you you know what? <laughs> it was so weird because a few years before that, I'd gone from the Edinburgh Fringe and had this pure amazing experience and then because I was still too young to go to uh, any kind of established drama school mm-hmm. I ended up going to this really bad school really bad and like they honestly they're thieving so-and-sos but I, from there I met one teacher that kind of mentored me his name was Paul McNeely and just amazing like amazing acting now like did everything his own way, pulled kind of different 
ways of acting from you know different books different techniques uh -huh. and he was just like look this is what's got me through 20 30 years in the business um so it was literally en enough education to be able to get on the job and then start learning from there you know so like really basic camera technique stuff mm -hmm. um, spatial awareness stuff and that was enough to get me rolling I, and i picked up in fact, I didn't work for like a couple of years and I was a bit scared. I was like, I was like you know, I'm going to be 20 soon. This is not working, blah, blah, blah. And I did thinking about just giving it all up and working for my family, you know, doing the body piercing and all that stuff. And then I got, um, I got three gigs back to back. I got Kick-Ass 2. Mm -hmm. And then I got a, a really small part in a, in a football hooligan spoof movie <laughs> and I got Hollyoaks like bam 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 and then Hollyoaks sent me on, on course for you know like four and a half five years of work so I was just that's incredible I was just like uh, every day living learning I was obsessed with it as well like I you know every day it's like 10 hours of acting a day and you and learn so much on set oh, like, every, so every much day. and so a lot of people from there had worked on shows like Grain Chill you know, like Nick mm -hmm. Picard and whatnot. So complete, like, obviously, soap acting kind of gets its own little shoebox within the industry, like, mm -hmm. in the US, I suppose, world over, really. Um, but there's seriously not enough credit given to these guys because they, they, they can just learn a three or four page scene in seconds, step oh. on set, and know where everything, you know, like, absolute masters of their craft and they're probably only ever operating at a certain percentage of what they their full capacity mm -hmm. because they're in there every day you know what I mean so in terms of like a movie or a play like I'm gonna bleed for this play because it's only a month performance or yeah. it's like three weeks on set so like Nick Pickard's been on Hollyoaks for since it began so that's like 20 plus years counting on and off all the time um you know so yeah in terms of that's probably what i considered to be my education and i just remember watching hollyoaks and like eastenders and all those shows and just being so freaking obsessed and just being like that's all i would ever want to do so the yeah. fact you started doing that at 21 i'm just like oh my god yeah it was a dream in so many ways because not not only that but all the questions of, oh, you're really going to be an actor or, you know, that yeah. kind of disappeared for a little bit. It came back. <laughs> it's come back. Um, and so, uh, so yeah, it was, it, it was, it really validated so all the, all the stuff that I thought, or oh, maybe not, maybe this, it back, gave me, it gave me like some really concrete affirmations that, you know, I was doing the right thing and that I got this far and that I could, I could go even further. And I just, just, you know, it's such a, such a gift to work with such amazing actors. And, you know, I had Gillian Telforth play my mum, you know, mm -hmm. EastEnders royalty, side proper royalty. Um, Jesse Burtzel from Footballers Wives and El Dorado, you know, yeah. uh, those that I'd seen on TV growing up playing my evil stepdad. I, think I killed him eventually. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh that was it was it was just a mad time and then i got paid i got paid to go and drink in nightclubs you know people would be like oh you know come to norwich do a nightclub appearance and um just trying to juggle all that it was it was such an intense experience because you know my mates were coming out of uni and now i i literally had no no time whatsoever i was always in a car traveling somewhere or always on a set could never do anything else. Like if they, if um, the schedule was, was so hectic, like if you were in London and you were, you'd had a day booked out or something, they mm -hmm. could call you and be like, you have to come back right now. We've got a standby scene to shoot. You know, we might not get to it, but we need you. So you- Just in case, yeah. So you'd go back up. So it was like living on call for, for four and a half years. Wow. And it, that, that, that was the only bit that really got to me, which w was your, your life was not yours. It's completely the shows and you're not getting as paid as much as what people think. So, you know, you are kind of 
you know, at, at mercy of, uh, of those pr production managers. If they want to call you in, you, you're going in. So what, what made you decide to quit the show? Because you were there for such a long time. Like yeah, what? I, it, was, it was a mixture of things. One, my family was in Leicester. So I was, I was living in Liverpool. Um, and I love Liverpool. I love Scousers. They're like the best people in England that I've ever met. <laughs> um, and, uh, I, you know, I, I, had, I felt like I had a family in, in Liverpool because of the crew and whatnot. It seemed me kind of a big part of me growing up and everything. They seen me make a lot of stupid mistakes and they seen me, um, you know, kind of grow up and learn and, and better myself. And um, it was incredibly hard to pull myself away from, from all of that. And I think the, the, biggest, the biggest thing to do with it was, um, I, I was always just obsessed with, with moving to America and giving it a go. I wanted to make things. I wanted to work on other projects. I wanted to, you know, just 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 see how far how far I could go. See see how far out of Leicester I could go. See how you know. See how um, see how big the stuff that I get to work on got. You know, yeah. and obviously you, to do that you have to take risks and step sideways and backwards to move forward. Mm -hmm. and, and definitely, you know, it's it's not been, it's not been the smoothest of rides at all. Um, and of course, I question, I question a lot. I'm like, oh, you know, I, should, I could have just stayed there, picking up a check, you know, signing autographs and stuff. But in my mind, I would have always been thinking about, oh, should have gone, I should have, I should have gone over when I was a bit younger. So I don't know, 25, 26 seemed like a good age to, to give it all the, roll the dice. So yeah. to speak. it's interesting as well to listen to someone who has come over with a huge, cv and resume and still find it difficult because i came over with a huge like theater cv and like yeah. drama school i basically came right after drama school right so wow. I, yeah i was just like yeah so i didn't have any of the background that you have it's all like theater based so i was always part of me was just like have i just literally done the fucking dumbest thing like should i have just stayed in london for x more years or whatever but you know what so just listening to you say that you find it difficult kind of makes me feel much better because I'm like it's just hard and I feel I've also heard as well like when I first in the first couple of years when I was here a lot of people were just like we don't know some of the British shows we don't know some of this British stuff so it doesn't matter what you've done before so it's like a clean slate as well it's it's crazy because when you say that like me having a, a decent CV, I'm like, oh, thank you. <laughs> because I, because I, I, sometimes I look at it and that, that Hollyoaks gig is one gig for me, you know? So if you look, if I look at it like that, I spent five years on one gig, whereas a lot of people would have been able to do multiple productions and, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of theatre experience. And certainly like theatre, you can learn more doing one play than you can you can learn in a year or, or certainly a couple of terms at drama school. And I always think that people that come out of the theatre with that kind of background have have a lot more knowledge of the craft and are probably going to go further than you know the people that have done have done you know pieces on TV and whatnot. Um, I think I think you know if you can get to do both, that's that's yeah. The so it's just you say that, and I'm so envious of your time on Hollyoaks because I'm just like oh my god that like honestly when I was a teen a late teen like from 19 onwards like that would have been and even EastEnders I freaking love EastEnders and I still love it it's just oh like, yeah I, I spent my whole childhood watching those shows I, I yeah. was I was probably obsessed with EastEnders the most mm -hmm. and then I could totally see you on EastEnders just like wow oh yeah I well that was the other option that was the other option was to leave uh to leave Hollyoaks and try my luck in London mm -hmm. but I'd already started studying uh with a with a studio over here and I'd already kind of been over here enough to really feel like okay where do I really want to live you know I, I was clever with my money I saved my money 
So yeah. do I want to be getting on that train like I was as a kid back yeah. and forth from London to Leicester? Or do I want to go and really take a big, big risk, cross off my top thing in life to, you know, to move over to mm-hmm. LA, even if it goes, you know, you know, I, uh, I'll say the tip, whatever. <laughs> I say something when I was wearing that. Uh, yeah, so I said everything. Um, but yeah, so, and then, yeah, you just, you just think, oh, I'll do this now. You know, yeah. that's, what, that's why I got so much respect for you saying, coming out of drama school, you're like, right, I'm going to go and do this now because it's like a really big thing that I want to do, you know, instead yeah. of like going around the houses and kind of not really doing that and then not really enjoying the thing that you've decided to do. At least you know that I thought about the, the biggest number one. <laughs> then, bam, you know, you aim for the board. biggest fucking thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh exactly. Yeah, it's, it's, such, it's such a huge risk. Because you've got uh, like, you've got the accent thing to think about, you know, yeah. which we're well aware of, and um, you know you've got life. You know, a lot Just of people, like, yeah. A lot of people will think when you move place, you you leave all your problems behind, but they, you know, yeah, they find they their take those little ways. To, yeah, they don't take them off. You go to <laughs> airport security. In fact, when I got over here, it made me realise even more my imperfections and my flaws because there was nobody else around anymore. It was just me and a blank slate, you know, yeah. in, in a big old town. And I, I was like, right, okay, I've literally got to build a life for myself now um, and and hope that it works out. And yeah, then the pandemic happened. My gosh. <laughs> it is, yeah. I, the first, that's the other thing as well, like, I feel like people don't tell you, but when you first move to LA, for me personally, and I, I do know a lot of my friends, it takes about six months to a year to really settle in, find decent housing, a car, a job, like just all that stuff. And just to settle in, because you're in a brand new country and there's so much you need to sort out. And it's just, it just takes time. And then you're like, oh my God, I've been here for a year and I haven't done anything except get all my shit together. So then you just feel like you've wasted a year or I felt like I wasted a year. And then I finally started at an acting studio. But yeah, it just, all these things take time. And then when people tell you that it's a 10 year town, I'm like, oh, fuck off. Cause it, it takes time. It, it, it really does. does. Uh, I think, I think again, like we said about acting earlier, you know, when you're a younger stage, when you're thinking about how much you love it, what the reasons why you're doing it. It's like moving over here. It's like there's the ideal of, oh, you know, you're going to Hollywood and this, and there's like, there's this kind of ideal of kind of glitz and glamour. But then when you get here, it is very much about those logistics, finding your people, finding your space, you know, what parts of town do I want to kind of reside in? Where do I want to chill? Mm-hmm. Where do I want to hang? And you build your life from the ground up. And since I've moved here, you know, I've picked up surfing, still not great, but getting there. I tried uh, it, it was terrible. Oh, it's it's tough. I loved it? it, but I couldn't even yeah. stand up. I, 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 get, I get knocked out every time I go. I get oh. taken out by ways every oh. time I go. Yeah. Um, but like that, going hiking, um, discovering little holes in the wall, you know, when bars were open and stuff, mm-hmm. and uh, little places, you know, it's such a vast landmass. And I was like, you know what? Okay, if I can really make this work out here, I'd love, I'd love to raise a family here. You know, I'd yeah. love to spend my life here. And, um, you know, I go back, I go back to Leicester at an occasion and, you know, all my friends there in the, the drinking in the same pub that we drank when we were kids. Yeah. And, uh, you know, my mum and dad are still working in the shop and I, I don't really feel, I can't, I just can't see, I can't see me being there. I can't see me spending time there. You know, it's, yeah. it, it's just one of those things. It's, it's just a different kind of path. This, it's yeah. just taking me down and um um well also as well I feel like because my intention I said in a previous episode was to just come here for three years on my O1 visa and then mm-hmm. go back like that was always my intention and then you get here and I was just like oh wow like I just fell in love with the whole place yeah and it's just so it was just such an interest it was such an immediate thing as well 
and mm. I wasn't even sure if I'd like LA and as soon as I got off the plane and I just saw the blue sky and the palm trees and I was just like oh everyone was so nice you know yeah yeah that that'll get you the palm trees especially <laughs> I don't think that they're from here I don't think oh, they're no they're not there. they're all imported yeah all imported and it, for that reason you know to kind of <laughs> you know make people feel good you know they're walking yeah. around it's working <laughs> yeah and palm trees are not cheap as well so every time i see a palm tree and see how many i'm like oh, come on they're yeah, expensive the, the, the upkeep as well to get you know get those guys with the belts on you know mm -hmm. riding up chopping down the leaves that can't be cheap but um yeah i love the palm trees the the hills you know the, and also like i think if you're you know, over the last 20 years, if you've been kind of watching MTV or anything like that, or listening mm -hmm. to any music that comes over from here, you know, which the charts have been kind of, kind of lit with it for, for a couple of decades now, you know, you feel like you've been living here. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I, I listened to the Red Heart Chili Peppers when oh, yeah. I did. I yeah. now live across from Fairfax High School where they all met, you know, so it's like, even though I've only lived here four years, I kind of feel like I've known the, the place since, you know, since I kind of started watching TV and stuff. I know what you mean as well. And like, it's funny you say the Judy Peppers because I was listening to them a couple of months ago and when they do the Venice Queen song, I just like, oh my gosh, <laughs> it's just weird. Like when you listen to something when you're 17, 18 yeah. and then you're like, then you actually kind of realize what they're singing about and like the places they're singing about. So, yeah, but it's also for me, it's also when I see places that I've seen in films, mm. it's it kind of this might sound a bit dumb, but for me, it's so magical because yeah. I feel like I've been so obsessed with films, particularly since I was a kid. Yeah. So when I get to see stuff, even if it's like a fucking Marty McFly's house. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. It's yeah. so dumb. <laughs> but I'm just like, oh, my God. Yeah, there's, there's just like something that goes on, like a chemical reaction where it's just yeah. like, it's like putting the final piece into a puzzle, you know, yeah. oh, connecting things up like, oh, that's real. And now I'm here and you, know, it's yeah. like you can go around town you know, having those feelings uh, every day. Like I like going to Malibu and stuff. Mm -hmm. It's just there's so many things that got shot there. Like one of my favorite shows when I was younger was uh, like Two and a Half Men you know, Charlie Sheen, the Chuck Law show. Mm -hmm. And uh, every time, every time I'm in Malibu, I feel like I'm in the midsection there when they just cut across all the houses and whatnot. And yeah. then into the studio when they go into the actual house. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just, yeah. And it was only, it was only when I went back to, to England, um, I think like 18 months ago and, uh, I took my girlfriend with me and she, she's from Miami so she she was like she was saying that she didn't understand why I love Malibu so much because the water's really cold and it's windy and you can only lay out in the sun for a certain amount of time you know she's used to the, the gulf coming up for, from Miami and whatnot mm -hmm. and uh, we were sat on the motorway driving up the M1 from London to Leicester <laughs> and the rain is just hitting the windshield <laughs> and she was like she's like Babe, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you see the sign like "Welcome to Leicester" here with the fox on it. I mean, look, I I love Leicester, but it, I'm glad that it could help explain to her why I was, why I was uh, so obsessed with Malibu. Uh, it's it's <laughs> that's really funny. Anybody else would be like, yeah, I understand why you're obsessed with Malibu. That's so funny. I, was just yeah, like, yeah. I don't get it. I don't get it. Why do you always want to cook? But so I want to go surf there. I want to go eat there, you know. Yeah. And it's just, you know, it's a lovely place. It's a lovely yeah. place. Same with Venice. I mean, Venice isn't as welcoming and as clean and whatnot. But like, obsessed with Venice. Love going to Venice. Oh, like, Venice is great. It's like... It's fun to go in the daytime. I not I haven't really been there at nighttime, to be honest. I don't go at nighttime. But during the day, anytime I've been, I've had a great time. There are so many freaking weirdos down there. Yeah. But I'm just like, but that's LA in general. Exactly. I mean that, right. that's the biggest negative, you know, if you if you're gonna speak um about the downsides here, is that kind of that homeless epidemic, you know. Yeah. That, that, uh, and, and a lot of people in England don't feel 
completely understand it. You know, the stuff with um, like the NHS, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of people are kind of like, oh, you know, it wouldn't be so bad if we had to kind of pay for healthcare. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Until they stop paying for healthcare. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I, I don't think, you know, like the disparities in, in wealth and income over here. Mm -hmm. I, don't, I don't think we get it over in England. I don't think we understand like exactly how bad it can get, you know, and um, that was the first thing I noticed when I got here. That was one of the first things I noticed as well. And it's funny you say that because today there's a protest in Echo Park. Mm -hmm. I think it started at 7 a.m. Right. I remember going to Echo Park years ago and it's just like a beautiful place. Like the actual park itself and the pond and everything is gorgeous, super iconic. I went there maybe a month ago and I couldn't even get out of my car. I was just like, there are just homeless people everywhere. Yeah. You can't even walk around the park. I was going to go for a stroll and I was just like, hmm, hmm, I'm good. I'm going to pass. But there's a big protest today because the homeless people, like obviously there's nowhere for them to go. Mm -hmm. And the police are just trying to usher them on. It's just like, well, where are they going to go now? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So I think that is a big thing between England and LA as well. Because uh, especially the whole health system, Jesus. <sighs> yeah, I mean, that, that, yeah, like you said, that's another topic entirely. But yeah, it's, it, you know, just seeing um, that huge jump in terms of like, if you haven't got health insurance here, you have to be so careful. Oh, you have to be so careful. I've the first, people... yeah, two years I didn't have, or well, three years I didn't have health insurance. Right, yeah. And I dislocated my finger when I was a wee bit drunk. Yeah. And uh, I just popped it back into place because I was drunk. Yeah. Um, and then it was only three weeks later that I actually went to go and get an x-ray. And I'd waited in the county hospital, for, I think, for nine hours. They did an x-ray that took two minutes. And they were trying to charge me $2,000. And at the time, I was so broke, I just burst into tears. And I was like, <laughs> And that's what people don't get. Yeah. People are like, oh, no, we, we, should, we should have to pay for, you know, the, that service. And it's like, it's... It's not affordable. It's not, it's, not affordable. it's not like, it's not like, oh, we'll work out the best rate for you. You know, as soon as that becomes privatized, it, mm -hmm. it's a business and yeah. they can charge whatever they want, you know, for the likes of EpiPens and mm -hmm. it's like everyday things that, you know, we, you, you usually take for granted in, in the UK. So yeah, I haven't been in a lot of bumps and scrapes since I've been out here. So it's yeah. Fun. Since then. And now I have health insurance, so I'm fine, but yeah. Like that that period of time was very stressful mm. um especially when you've got so much other stuff going on because you're just over here trying to pursue something so when yeah. you do something stupid like that because it was my own fault i was just my heels yeah. are way too high well it's gonna it's gonna it's gonna happen isn't it you know it you, go out, you go out in your highest pair of stilettos <laughs> fucking yeah. idiot We've all been there. Yeah. <laughs> We've all been there. I mean, I play I play soccer every week. I play you know I go surfing. I'm bound to get something happen to me sooner right you know it's yeah point. um but yeah i just can't i just you know i got my house insurance and whatnot but yeah it's again it's those logistics of moving to a different place yeah so just going back to the whole acting because mm -hmm. I, I feel like we can go down a whole rabbit hole with the oh yeah absolutely let's talk about that. <laughs> um but since you because how long have you been here now i've been here now three and a half nearly four years gotcha. and in this time you've actually i feel like you've done quite a lot because you were writing a was it a pilot or was it a feature film it's a, a pilot pilot I, I was writing two two tv pilots one of them's being packaged as we speak um this week so i'm really looking forward to getting that back so that'll be what i'll, I'll be sending off to potential producers, uh, line producers, casting directors and whatnot. Um, mm -hmm. I'm really fortunate. Um, there's a director that I used to work with on Hollyoaks called Steve Brett. And he's been, uh, he's been helping me out with some of the notes on the scripts and whatnot. And uh, he's, uh, he really gets the world that I'm kind of talking about. We're talking like 1980s England, um, in the Midlands and uh it's stuff to do with my family's background you know kind of the uh, my mum's roman gypsy heritage mm -hmm. what she's got up to in, in her life and how she met my dad and his tattooing and 
and some of the trouble that he got back uh, got got into when he was uh, younger um and whatnot and i, and I you know that again that's come out of uh just wanting to tell stories so much and being obsessed about it. And when I don't get the opportunity to do that, say, on, you know, on a gig, on a set or a play, you know, it was just like, let me start creating my own opportunities. Mm-hmm. Let me start trying to tell stories that I would really like to tell. Um, and yeah, really enjoying that. Got into the producing side of things whilst I've been here, um, which has been so enjoyable. Um, very, very stressful. Super stressful, but I do know what you mean. When everything yeah. falls into place, yeah, when when it, like, when, oh. when it falls yeah. off, it's the best thing, isn't it? Yeah, but getting there is bloody stressful. <laughs> yeah, because usually as an actor, you turn up and you you know that you have these plates to spin yeah. and to wear, and then when you're a producer, there is no amount of plates and no amount of hats that are you know, kind of unreachable or untouchable, that they they will all find you and you're going to have to find ways to kind of <laughs> either delegate the spinning of those plates or what, whatever, you know, a few might break and whatnot. Um, but yeah, I, I, I had the best time um, working as a, as a producer on a couple of things recently. And Velvet it, was one of them, is that right? Yeah, Velvet was like the first big thing that we did. That was um, fantastic, by the way. I think oh, I sent you a message after I watched it. Oh, I th- I, it was so funny because I'm watching it and I'm like, how is this only 10 minutes? Because I think I got five minutes in. And I was like, how? I don't understand. Because I was just like, and when it finished, I'm just like, what? I want. I wanted so much more. Like, I loved it. I thought it was yeah. so good. Oh, thank you. I really appreciate that. But it's, the fact uh, you packed all that in 10 minutes, I was just like, what? how the fuck did you even do that? Yeah, it was, it was, it was a lot. It was a lot. And uh out of it now has come the plans to to make the feature version because oh, everybody yes. who's watched it has been like amazing we want to see more you know and so yeah. that's from a, a proof of concept for for a full feature film the script's written it's in production right now um pre-production and uh, and yeah and and it's it's crazy because a lot of people um work up producing for years and years and years make loads of shorts mm-hmm. um but I've been really blessed, you know, the people that I'm working with, um, you know, there's kind of, there's a will to kind of push it as far as, as we can. Um, so, yeah, so, and, and that's been something that's been great because when I've been out of work and not had the auditions coming in, um, for whatever reason, you know, the pandemic kind of completely annihilated all, <laughs> all kind of likelihood of working anytime soon for yep. the foreseeable future. And then, the really good news, I think, for everybody um, in the industry is things are starting to happen now. And um, I just I just booked my first gig of the year. Congratulations. Uh, thank you very much. And um, I start shooting on uh, Sunday. Oh, so amazing. Really soon. A lot of pages. Um, and I think we're shooting in Pasadena. In oh, San Francisco. you'll be right down the street from me. Yeah, just right around the street. Yeah, just pop, pop by. Hi, <laughs> Charlie. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, so yeah, really excited about that. And it just feels like now things things are all starting to happen kind of at the same time. So yeah. well, like we said earlier with the self-investment thing, you know, how much you put in. Mm-hmm. It's like I spent a year and a half writing. Nothing happened from that. I spent all that time doing the self self-tape auditions and going to acting classes or that you know, things weren't really happening. Uh, I spent all the time to produce it. And then all of a sudden now, like, oh, I'm back on set. Oh, one of the projects is is getting into another festival. Uh, the other thing that, you know, the TV pilot now is coming out of being packaged and ready to present. So yeah. you've got these kind of seeds kind of coming to fruition and um, just trying to keep track of it all and keep my life in order so I can deal with the, with the chaos. But... I haven't got a baby to look after, so, <laughs> so that's, 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 that's like the bonus that I've got of being able to kind of, kind of relax a little. Yeah, well just one day you'll have a baby. <laughs> yeah, ho- hopefully, hopefully. Um, if I do well, have a baby, I, I, I hope it's as well behaved as Tommy. Oh God, He's, he really is a little blessing. He's so funny, he's got such a little character. 
cracks me up. You know, Tommy, Tommy's probably the first kid that I've been comfortable with holding. Oh, really? Yeah. I always, like, even when I was on set before and I was playing a dad, we had kids that would get so, like, upset when I held them. Oh, really? <laughs> we had one kid that was great, and she, she, she was looking at me, and she was like, oh, you know, like all the yeah. stuff. And then she, one day she turned up, she decided she didn't like me anymore. She started oh, I'm no. sorry. Tommy was very relaxed. Tommy, Tommy was just like, ah, oh, yeah. He's like, that's cool. Uh, yeah, you won't, I don't think you'd even recognize him now. He's so big. Yeah. So I feel on. like the last time you saw him, he was actually still a baby. Wow. Yeah. But, but yeah. yeah, so that's the one thing good about the pandemic is I've got to spend so much more time. I mean, we spent a lot of time together anyway. Mm. But now it's been like 24-7. Yeah, it just strips life back, doesn't it? You know, yeah. it kind of shows you what you've really got, you know, yeah. when the, the shops and everything that's shut. And see, that's the other thing too as well. It's just like, because I never really wanted children because I was so obsessed with the whole acting career. Mm-hmm. And now I'm like, you know what? You can have both and you can make it work. And I feel like I hustled for so long that mm. it's just taught me. It's Because that's the other thing as well I, I feel like actors forget about is you have to learn to find a balance. Yeah, you because, don't have a life. Yeah. And I remember for the longest time, even as a teenager, I was so obsessed. When I went to college and did all this stuff, I was so obsessed with acting. Mm. And like there was a point where I was just like, I didn't have a social life. Yeah. And I would stay at college till midnight just rehearsing stuff and I'll do that like four or five days a week and I'm just like okay so I feel like the whole pandemic for me it's been quite I don't want to say good but because it's obviously had its no I I think I think be brave be brave and say that you know (laughs) there's got to be silver linings yeah you know and certainly it wasn't ideal by any means still isn't really um but it definitely definitely helped me um, get to grips with a lot of things that were kind of just under the surface of everyday life. Yeah. And really made me think, um, you know, about some of the decisions that I made and kind of the things that I was thinking and the decisions that I was making for the foreseeable future and whatnot. Just kind of stopped us all in our tracks, didn't it? It did. Yeah. And it made everybody stop and reflect. Um, I did have one question as well, because you're not just an actor, writer, and producer. You also do tattoos and piercings. Yeah. And ta- I find that fa- fascinating. Yeah. The, the, um, well, that's kind of what the TV show's about, you know. So uh-huh. it, it's about the tattooing world, um, as well as a couple of other different kind of subcultures around that time that are very much taboo um, and haven't really been spoken about. But yeah. Tattooing and piercing have been a part of my life from day one. You know, my dad's opened his first shop in 1986. My mom met him when she was running a jewelry shop just across the way uh, in the late eighties and got married in 90, had me around 91. They opened their first joint shop, which is called Casbar in 95. And that's still around, isn't it? Yeah, that's still around. Yeah kick in you know when I'm when I'm back in town you know I'll put a glove up and we uh you know I get piercing and whatnot and um and yeah when I was a kid I learned to tattoo uh a little bit like I do some on some fake skin mm-hmm. did my first real tattoos when I was about 14 15 oh um maybe even 13 actually my first one my first tattoo was actually LA I did this really badass like chicano style gang la sign on this uh-huh. on this old punk rocker who toured with uh, the damn you know set. and he was like he was also the same guy my dad had practiced piercing on all those years previously oh so um he's a great guy his name's john he's a massive man united fan so we got that in common as well um but he's uh but yeah he was great he let me tattoo him and then I didn't really get into tattooing. It was mostly piercing. When I was thinking of things that I could do mm-hmm. in the background without uh, to not affect my acting, um, 
you know, my mum was like, you need, you need to earn some money, you know? So I was yeah. like, okay, let me come work for you. So I started off uh, mopping the floor, cleaning the toilets, hated that. Uh, <laughs> oh, I wonder why. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was doing like that for like months and months. And I was just, I, I, was, I was just really eager to learn more. They put me behind the counter and I had a bit of an attitude problem with some of the customers. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you really can't tell people what and what they can't buy, but I try to. Um, and you just get a lot of stupid questions. You know, you get a lot of like, how much is a tattoo? And it's like, well, how long's a piece of string? Yeah. You know? <laughs> so, so yeah, so ran into problems there. But then my uncle, who's a body piercer, I watched him piercing. And I was like, I can do this. And I bet I could do this really good. So I just learned and studied piercing as much as I possibly could for, for about, about three or four months. Then we got some friends in to be my first customers. And <laughs> then, friends. Yes, really good friends. <laughs> and uh, people who got random piercings as well that we, I would never thought. I was like, what, you really want your nipple pierced? You know what I mean? Like yeah. some guy who lives on a farm, you know, who's, you know, kind of from a rural background. He yeah. was like, hey, why not? So we did a bunch of those. And then the, the magical time of, okay, here's your first customer. You've been working here for the past five to 10 years and they're a paying customer and you've got you've to you've sell yourself. Like, you've got to go with it. And um, I did my first piercing. And then I've probably done now we're talking tens of thousands of piercings. Wow. Like whenever we pit and we, we, we doubled up as well. When, when I was on Hollyoaks, mm -hmm. instead of doing the nightclub appearances, cause they were getting a bit too much for the old drink. Um, <laughs> said to me, I was like, look, why don't I come and pierce at the shop? You advertise it as, you know, me, AKA Freddie from Hollyoaks. Oh and yeah. Freddie Roscoe. Yeah. Freddie Roscoe is my dog's name. <laughs> Such a great name, Freddie Roscoe. It's, when I saw like, that, great one. dog's name. A lot of people's dogs are called Roscoe. It's so funny. I saw that name and I was like, "Oh, Roscoe." Yeah, and that, that and that, that was it. And we, the first time we did that, that was probably the proudest I've ever been in terms of being being able to give back to my family. Yeah, turned up to Pierce on the I think we did it on the Sunday, uh, which is usually it, it was a day when we were the most quiet. And there was just like 50 people lined up outside my mum my, my and pop's mum and pop jewelry store. Yeah. And, you know, my mum was just like, fucking hell, you better get in there, you better get piercing. And people had piercings come from all over the place. We had people flying from Sweden. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah, it was crazy, crazy. We had people flying fly from, from Spain. Um, a lot of people from Ireland, Scotland, all over England, Wales, um, and yeah, hundreds of people just coming into the shop and, and people still go in there now and just being like, oh, you know, oh, is this uh, Freddie Roscoe's shop? And they're like, yeah, it's, it's Freddie Roscoe's shop. There should uh, be a picture of you in the shop. Oh, there's, there's pictures <laughs> of me in the shop. The shop. The shop at one point actually looked more like a shrine to Freddie Roscoe than it did a tattooing and piercing shot. I think a lot of the regular customers were starting to get put off. And I said to my mum, I was like, you want to take a few of these down? Because like, some of them are like, That's so like centerfold spreads of uh, magazines that I did like, like a naked photo shoot for, you know. Oh my gosh. Like cancer or something like that and and uh and there's me just in the middle of the shop you know <laughs> completely uh completely naked uh so it is it's it's such a comedy oh my god at times um but yeah we just we just embraced it we were like hey you know we don't know how long that this is gonna last so let's enjoy it you know working with my family and yeah. being on tv and, you know, being able to help my mum and dad out was, um, you know, I mean, they're, they're helping me out all the time anyway. So it's really, really the best scenario we could have had. So one last thing. 
because I just like to hear what people would say. What piece of advice would you give somebody who's either starting out in acting or thinking about moving to LA to pursue acting? Uh, you know what? I'm get, I'm, I've done a couple of these questions recently. Mm. I've started teaching. Uh, I started teaching at Pineapple via Zoom. Oh, nice. Yeah, that's so yeah. nice, considering that's where you started. Or like, you know. It's the most rewarding thing that I've, I've, I've done uh, for a while. Because um, these kids are the same age as what I started. So oh, they can I love that. Eight or nine years old to 15, 16. Uh-huh. And honestly, they're all so switched on. They're like, they're like, okay, so how do I get an agent? You know? <laughs> <laughs> it'll, be like, it'll be like a nine-year-old girl. She's like, how do I go? But I recognize the same ambition and the same kind of, oh, it's, it, well, it's delusionment, really. Do you know what I mean? It's like, you know, we're all that little bit crazy where we're like, okay, so I need that. I'm going to go and get it. You know, yeah. that age, it's like, oh, no, you should be living your life and whatnot, but who am I to tell them? So I'm like, okay, here's what you need. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so yeah, so I'm trying to, so yeah, and, and, and Maggie, who's, uh, who runs the Pineapple Performing Arts School on a Sunday, and her son Jordan have been amazing. Um, you know, really, really welcome me back in. And I'm a patron to Pineapple as well, so. It's some, that's another thing that I'm really proud of. And, um, nice. and yeah, working with the kids. So yeah, okay, in terms of advice about what well, acting, in terms of acting, I would personally say, try and, try and live your life as full as possible from as young, as, from whatever age that you think you really wanna be an actor, try and do your very best at everything you do because it all comes back in use later on down the line. So mm-hmm. if you're at school and you don't like doing English, start liking it, start finding a way into it. You know, I was disinterested with a lot of academic stuff at school, but it's the, that stuff that is helping me now, the, the, the stuff that I did pick up in terms mm-hmm. of, um, you know, the spelling, structure, verse, prose, you know, anything to do with writing now, yeah, I only have my education up until 16 because I didn't go to university and all that. Yeah. So I'm thinking about stuff that I was learning at GCSE level mm-hmm. when I'm doing stuff now. And it can't be stressed enough. Like even, even like sports, music, in, in, instruments that you could learn, it all, like the more you can do, the, the better. The, the, the better. And yeah. in terms of getting the best route that I know that works, that I've heard from numerous amount of people, I can't vouch for myself, but the drama school route of, you know, live your life as full as you can. And then if you really want to go for it, like 18, 19, 20, audition for all the, for all the schools. Yeah. In the meantime, for other training, I'd say, you know, research the best classes, you know, the most affordable and the most accessible classes. And now, like, there's no excuse ever because of Zoom. Mm-hmm. You can take classes all over the world right now. Um, that's something that wasn't really an option for, for us when, you know, when we were growing up. So, so, um, so yeah, t- t- take, take classes. You know, you're really as only good as your craft. You so know, true. anybody who gets a, a lucky break or whatnot, yeah, good luck to them, you know. I've, I've heard of loads of great, you know, um, glory stories and whatnot, but, but you know, re- really, you know, read as much as you can, watch as many films as you can. You know, I'm still not good at that. I'm still not um, disciplined enough to sit down and be like, right, I'm going to finish this book this week, or, you know, I'm going to finish two books this week. You know, I'm still on that kind of sales pace of like, I'll be, I'll do a little bit of reading here. I'll watch some TV here. Yeah. So yeah, just just really just really kind of uh, be as open as possible to all, all those kind of things because like further down the line, you know, if you try and you're like, oh, I'm going to give everything up and I'm going to do acting, you know, it, I don't think it's healthy to feel like that. Do you know what I mean? I feel yeah. like we just carry on moving forward with an open mind, 
don't go chasing after anything. Um, you know, do 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 everything on your own accord. Um, and if you really want to do it, you know, you will you'll find a way. 100%. Yeah, well, that's pretty sound advice, Charlie. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, very insightful. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully it's good. I wish I listened to my own advice. <laughs> uh, well, thank you so much. This has been really very insightful. Yeah, no, I appreciate honestly, you telling your stories. Yeah, it's, it's been, been nice so to interesting with you, to be honest, because you know. I know it's been so long. Yeah, it's been so long. We've been, um, you know, kind of isolated it and whatnot. Um, but yeah, so yeah, anytime. Really, really enjoyed it. And uh, it's you know what's lovely about talking with people, especially with similar experiences. You know that we've shared wanting to be in this industry for so long, moving mm -hmm. over to LA. That comparability and and being um, having a having a commonality of a journey. Yeah. Together, you mm -hmm. know and knowing that oh it's yeah it's, it's one of those things it's a, it's a lot it's a lot more difficult for um say a young woman who wants to have a family mm -hmm. in the industry in comparison so when i see you and the bravery and the courage that you've shown in terms of moving out here straight from drama school then saying like you know what i'm gonna have my family and i'm gonna do the business it gives it gives me such um encouragement to be like yeah, you can. That, those it's, things are achievable. It's so interesting because honestly, if I told you I was so dead against it, and the reason why my husband and I got together, or not, this isn't the reason, but we both had a common ground of we both didn't want children, and we both were just like absolutely not. And then one day, I was I just got hit over the head with a baby stick, and it just I was just like, you know what? I've had so many friends in and out of my life who've had both. And they're a lot older than I am by about 10 years older. And they've got two kids. They've got the dog. They've got the house. And they're working. And they're doing all the stuff that I want to be doing. And I'm like, just some, just, it's just so weird how it all happened. And because before I didn't think you could have both. And then he arrives, the little babe arrives. Honestly, if I told you he has just opened up so much that I did not think could be open. I don't know if that makes sense, but there's just so much love. I think I get it in, in terms of the, it's, all, it's almost like, well, this bit's done now. Do you know what I mean? You, yeah. you, your family, you've created a family and this is all the more reason incentive to go out and live your best life, to live yeah. your, your full existence because it's all gonna benefit him yeah we're going to benefit your family and if you're happy and thriving you know there, there's there's nothing to and it's it's weird as well because i feel like i got to a point where i was kind of i had to keep taking breaks because i was getting so down and out about myself and about the industry and about like just not getting anywhere yeah. and since it's come along that has all gone away and i'm like you know what things are going to happen when they happen I don't give a shit when they happen because I'm not going anywhere. And now this little love bug's come along and we just have so much fun all the time. That's it. And it's just, yeah. I just, I think it just, everything happens when exactly when it's meant to happen. I don't want to sound like a fucking cheese ball, but I think it's true. Yeah, no, I, th I think, but if you, if you believe in that, in that, then that, that makes it true. You know, yeah. it's like, um, things like enjoy the journey. Mm -hmm. It's so food. true. You know, you, you have to enjoy it. You know, if, if, if you don't enjoy the journey, you're probably not going to enjoy the destination. Yeah. And for me, I mean, one of the biggest things about moving out here away from my friends and my family and the support and the, the security of a job and all that kind of stuff was that, you you know, you're confronted with your own loneliness, you know, mm -hmm. you're confronted with your own, all your own demons, you know, no, no one's around to kind of sugarcoat it. Um, and that's when you can really kick on, you know, you can really kind of just be like, oh, actually, you know, the simple things in life, being by myself, you know, going for a walk, going to the cinema, you know, going to the beach. They're like, once you find peace and happiness there, you're mm -hmm. set, you know, and you're, yeah. not, you're not waiting on that callback, you're not waiting on that audition, you're not, you know, 
you don't need to make it to feel like you're living or yeah. worthy of, of doing worthy big time anything yeah. and when those opportunities do come around you're so <laughs> you're so much better prepared you're like oh actually i'm a human being now i can i can i can have a go at this without you know letting my insecurity kill me and yeah make me feel like if I don't get this then it's all been for nothing and yeah you know but but yeah so yeah no speaking of you, it's been great it's been a highlight of the week this far oh thanks Charlie well I, I'm so excited about that you could be filming on Sunday and uh, have so much fun be safe be COVID safe I will do masks at all times test booked tomorrow so I'm um, yeah, I'm, I'm even more excited because it's like the first thing I've done in COVID time. So I'm yeah. like, oh, I get to, you know, I've been hearing actors being like, oh, yeah, no, it's, uh, it's disastrous, blah, blah, blah. I just want to get, I want to get on set so bad. It's been you're going to oh, you're gonna have so much fun. It's going to be so exciting. But, and it's, it's also, sorry, it's also my first, my first lead in a feature film as well. Oh, so nice. I'm, I'm buzzing. But yeah, I'll, I'll share some more details with you when I'm, when I'm there. Okay, I'm so excited. We'll stay in touch. Yeah, definitely. When COVID's all done, we all need to get together. Yeah, let's do and it. You need to see little Tommy boy. Yes, Don Thompson. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait to meet him properly as his adult baby form. And once again, thank you so much for Charlie for coming on to the show. Hope you had a great filming day because that would be today. You can follow Charlie at charlieclapham91 on Instagram and on Twitter at charlieclapham. So go give Charlie a follow, go watch Hollyoaks, go watch his film Velvet on Amazon Prime and go get tattooed and pierced at Casper in Leicester, England. All right, have a great day, guys. Thank you for listening. Have a good one. Bye.